Welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Ross' Looking Good and Feeling Great podcast, live from Las Vegas, with his co-host, Daryl Craig Harris. Hi, this is Dr. Jeffrey Roth, your board-certified plastic surgeon in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Yay, episode four. We made it a four. Yeah, it's flying by. Who'd have thunk it? I know, right? Who'd have thought? What's the over-under on <laughs> that? I'm I don't sure, know. We should check the I, I'm sure they have it. If it's Las Vegas, they will. Yeah. They, they will <laughs> or they will soon anyways, right? They will. Yes, yes they, they will do. If you ask them, they'll give you a line on it. Um, so we were talking about uh, earlier between, between us about the Botox, fillers, that kind of thing. And I actually had that done because I have a little crease above my nose um, that I showed you way back when. So we did um, filler first, right? Which what was the product? Yeah. So we did well. We did a little bit of Botox first. My first line of defense for those sorts of things is uh, Botox. So what's Botox? Uh, so Botox is basically a medicine that we put into the muscle. It stops the muscle from moving so much and it kind of mellows the line up on top. Mm-hmm. So so typically we would put it uh, between the eyes. Uh, that's called the glabella. Uh, area, but between the eyes, uh, that's the 11s where people are like intense or mad or whatever. Right, that's the squint. Yes, of, right? and so you know, mommy, how come you're mad? I'm not mad. I'm mad now, <laughs> you know. But I was uh, mad 40 years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and uh, so that so people love that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the forehead and then the crow's feet. And people love the crow's feet. Yeah. And then in our office, we're able to do a little bit what we call the lifty thing, which is put a little Botox in the very tail of the eyebrow and lift that up a little bit. Uh, it you, kind of like freshens up the look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. people people love the, the Botox. So okay. uh, Botox usually takes about four days to work. Uh, so people can't run home and go, hey, it's not working. Yeah. Uh, it takes about four days to work. And usually about two weeks is what it is is what it is. And when you administer the Botox, you put uh, basically a it's sort of a cream, right? It's a, a numbing cream. Oh, how, yes. how would you describe that? Yes, we cater to cowards and chickens. Uh, <laughs> I'm a coward. And that's, a, that's that's what we do best in first timers. That's sure, that's our right. specialty. Uh, so we make it as pleasurable an experience as you can with some guy with you know, sharp pointy objects. Um, in as much as we go ahead and we put some real good uh, numbing cream uh, on those areas, we mm-hmm. really numb it up real well. Uh, and then we use the itty bitty tiniest needle that we have, etc., right. etc. And then um, yeah, we do this thing, and it's usually really well tolerated. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little a little sting. Yeah, or a little oftentimes prick. people say, "Oh, that was it," you know, and, I'm, I mean, and they get them so all worked up and this and that yeah. and all that kind of jazz. So what, what's what's uh, what's like the common questions that people would normally ask about like Botox and fillers? Actually, sure, is how long does it last? Right, uh, sure. And usually it's about four months. Now, my. Um, Really active people, the folks that are in the gym uh, twice a day mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, they tend to run through it a little bit faster. Or those folks that are uh, very expressive, actresses, okay. you know, hi, how are you? Welcome, welcome. They tend to go ahead and go through it a little bit faster uh, mm-hmm. as well. So that's the that's the Botox uh, issue. Um, now, some folks will say that they like the Botox for headaches and that sort of thing. Now, oh, and we could do a whole headache discussion, but yeah. where we put it. Because there's actually uh, a lot of uses for that. There is. So yeah. well, Botox has been around for actually a long time, and, and the first uses of it were for this thing called strabismus, which is a, uh, a muscle spasm of some of the eye muscles. So like the eye the, twitching. Yes. Right. So uh, yes. So so and that's been around for a long time. And then they figured out, well, wait a minute, and the wrinkles are kind of going away around these. And so yeah. it kind of got adapted. And then Allergan being the smart company they got it approved with the FDA and so now there's also uh, Disport and there's also ZMN and there's other, other competitors in so that market options. in that market space so uh, but it's 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 been very very safe it's the most popular uh, aesthetic medicine procedure in the world I mean right. tens of millions of people uh, get it uh, every uh, every year and, and it's sort of a, I mean I, I wouldn't say it's an alternative facelift but it's an option that's not a really invasive. Well, sure, yeah, yeah. and so, so yeah, it's an in-house um, uh, procedure, um, but it, it, it has such a good therapeutic index, which means it's hard to kind of mess it up. Mm-hmm. But you can mess it up, and you got to be careful. And so, I would warn people away from. And you usually do that in your office. Right? I, I do it, so yeah, I, I would warn people away from getting it. Know, done at, at the Hard Rock Pool, uh, or from the Nelly, or... <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, and, and you know, oftentimes, you know, people would come to me and they would say, "Hey, Doc, uh, you know, I was over at this salon, and they came in and said, hey, do you want some Botox today?'" She yeah. says, well, "That's kind of weird." And then they were having it at a price that was so low. I'm like, uh, "I can't buy it for that." Uh, right. And so, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, and you do want to be. I mean, you do want to be 
obviously careful with that. Right? Yes. I mean, it's still a procedure and it's still medicine and it's still your face and your health. And, and we've talked about this before is, is, is what price health, you know, and, and to right. save 50 bucks and, and over. But so make sure your injector is, is experienced and well-trained and make sure that, um, uh, the stuff they get is from the the real place because I, I get me- emails all the time, but they just went ahead and broke up some ring. I want to say it's in the the Midwest uh, somewhere uh, where uh, thousands of thousands of dollars of uh, of uh, counterfeit Botox got to intercepted, and uh, we get about Eesh, we get a scary. fax about once a week from a quote unquote Canadian pharmacy, oh, right. which yeah. uh, you know it could come from China, could come from Turkey, from anywhere, but it's not the real deal, and, and people get hurt, uh, and yeah. that's 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 my thing. If and you don't it's, go your, to, it's your face. It's your face. <laughs> if you don't go to me, that's okay, but go to a place that you're going to get taken care of. Sure. Uh, and that to me is is the big is so the what's big what's the, the the main product that you use is actually the Allergan product yeah right? so I like the Allergan product the Bot- uh, the Botox the other interesting thing with that is is the the industry will stand behind it and what I mean by that is it was maybe about ten years ago we. Um, had three people in a row that the Botox didn't take, and I'm like, "What the heck?" You know, I do it. My, I mix it up myself. I do it myself. I'm like, "What right. is going?" So, uh, turns out, long story short, it was in August in uh, Las Vegas, and there was a pallet of Botox that was left outside too long oh, and okay. it denatured. And so they figured it out, and uh, the Allergan company went ahead and sent a whole bunch of Botox. We got those people back in right. and we fixed it, and everybody was happy. Yeah. So if you got that out of that quote-unquote Canadian pharmacy, that wouldn't happen. So you think that they're, they're probably the most common company that provides that? Product. Yeah, they're the 800-pound gorilla in that space. Yeah, they've um, been around for so long. Yeah, yeah. and... and um, so, so those those folks. Are, but again, the other ones are, are you know are fine as well. And mm-hmm. if, if you can get it through you know an FDA process, et cetera, et cetera. And and there's some practitioners that uh, that use one, two, or all three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, again, strange, but people's biochemistry strange. We have uh, uh, folks that you know are better with one than the other. And but sure. but by and large, yeah. I, I, just because I've used it for so darn long, and I've tried them all. Uh, use it for so long. We usually with the Botox. So when folks come in to do the Botox, are they do, te- do they tend to just do one region? Do they do multiple? Yeah. So typically, so or is there something you you actually suggest? Yeah. So typically, again, we we listen and we figure out what the goals are. Mm. And so some folks, you know, want something as big as a facelift, and they say, "Oh yeah, can I just yeah?" Because you want them you know, to be realistic. Botox too, right, right here. And you're like, "Well, no, that's not going to work." <laughs> um, so yeah. So usually between the eyes, the the forehead, the crow's feet are most common. Okay. Uh, some uh, uses which are are uh, off label, but physicians can do that is uh, the masseter uh, muscle which is over by the um, the angle of the mandible if it's a little bit big or if people grind their teeth a lot the uh, back of the jaw yeah, kind of so area, right? over there uh, and the masseter is actually the second strongest muscle in your uh, body because remember we were you know, You're using we, it all day long. Right? Well, yeah, we and you know we used to you know crack nuts you know, with our jaws when we were cavemen and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. and the quads obviously are the uh, are, are the, the, strong, biggest, the strongest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's the the Botox thing. And the other thing too, it's not uh, the people from Allergan don't go into you know uh, Smiths and look for cans of bad mushrooms. It's basically it's a <laughs> right. it's a purified protein that's off the very tail end of it, and they kind of keep replicating yeah, it up and replicating yeah. it up. So because um, a lot of people they don't, I mean, people who haven't had that, they don't really completely understand what that is. Can kind of explain yeah. what the actual medication is. Yeah. So maybe. basically, it's a medicine that uh, we put uh, inject into the muscle, and then it stops the muscle from uh, from moving. Right. Uh, so that's kind of, and then knowing that and knowing the anatomy, then you're like, oh, okay, well what what should I go for and what should I avoid? For example, in uh, with Botox, uh, where the pupil is, if you go above your uh, eyebrow, so uh, there's a, a no-fly zone. It's about one centimeter above there and about mm. one centimeter on either side. And the reason why you don't want to put Botox there is because there's another little muscle called the levator palpebrae, and that's in charge. It's like it looks like a little hook, and that's in charge of raising up your eyelid. Yeah. So, if so you, you don't get, want a droopy eyelid. <laughs> no, bueno, not the look that most people want to rock. Not a winning. So, yeah. so that's why you know you have to know anatomy and, and sure. all of that. Uh, so you just have to be careful. And you'd be conservative, anyways, right? You want to make well, sure they get the result that they really want. Yes, you're, you're yeah. talking to Mr. Conservative, and especially here in Las Vegas. I mean, some folks go to you know I'm busting on my my Beverly Hills folks, but it's usually not the plasticers. But, folks, you, you walk down Camden Drive or you, you walk down Rodale Drive, and, and mm. people look like the Goodyear Blimp. They look like the Macy's right. Day Parade. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on here? And yeah, and that's also over, the filler thing with the oh, lips and all that. They're overdone. Right? They're overfilled. Yeah. And it just doesn't – it looks freaky. Uh, yeah, and then on to fillers. So, basically, so the Botox, uh, again, it depends on what 
tool you have in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. And so Google Docs is one tool. And then in the lower part of the face, we usually like volumization, meaning uh, in the Mailer Fat Pad, which is this upside tri upside down triangle that you have kind of under the eye, mm -hmm. uh, in the nasolabial fold, which is that parenthesis that people have right. like around the mouth, mm -hmm. the marionette line, which goes from the corner of the mouth down to the jaw, uh, right. so the old Charlie McCarthy uh, <laughs> thing, uh, old enough to know Charlie McCarthy, um, and, and that all comes from um, tissue moving as we get older, and yeah. so sometimes... Just using your face, using yes. expressions. Right. Right. And so sometimes you, uh, we are able to put some filler uh, in there, and basically not go from a hill to a valley to a hill, but mm. to kind of fill in the valley, if you will, and so that you don't have as much shadow there, and if you don't have the shadow, you don't have such a, a, a different contrast, and it just goes what's, away. And what's the most common product, or the primary product that you use Yeah, so the primary product, and there's a bunch of them, and they're, they're all real good, is uh, the Juvederm, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically... Which is what I think what you used on <laughs> yeah. for me. Right? So, and I like it for a variety of reasons, uh, is it's, a, it's like a gel, and nowadays they have lidocaine in it, which means that mm -hmm. there's a numbing medicine actually in it, which is nice. And uh, so as it, as you go along, it actually gets it feels better. Right. Uh, and so it, it's nice because you're able to do things with it. You can uh, you can fill lips uh, with it and volumize. Uh, mm -hmm. You can uh, put it in the nasolabial folds, which are kind of like sure. cocking a crack. Uh, <laughs> with the voluma, you can put that like in the cheeks that we talked about to kind of give you some more that yeah not right. to give you apple cheeks or something crazy right. but just kind of with age it kind of uh kind it of, goes away get droopy yeah. or can, and so right, we're able to sure. do that and then uh, uh so we have those aspects now with us with fillers we like to do a dental block meaning that just like you're the dentist because again we cater to cowards and chickens uh <laughs> we go ahead and we put that in so people uh, are nice and numb and i love it when i do the dental dental block and i I leave the room and I come back. I'm like, are you ready? And I, I think so. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> Just where we want you. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so, and that's, you know, for about two hours, you're, you know, sure, right. live funny. Uh, but people love it. And, yeah. and especially with the lips. And the filler, the filler's not, I mean, it's not really painful. It's a little uncomfortable, but we actually, yeah. I know when you did mine, I had a bit of scarring, so you kind of helped yeah. break that up a little bit too. Yeah. Right? So that, so that was a, yeah, that was a, a bit a different project is, but you bring it up is, is, is it's really nice to be able to kind of open up the scar a little bit and then put something in that so it doesn't quite scar down back in right. the same scar. So that's been... That works that's, awesome. That's yeah. been kind of... That's Amazing. been really kind of nice. But especially the fillers is, is folks that do <clears throat> fillers uh, in the uh, lips um, without a block, I think, are, are bananas. Because uh, yeah, the lips and the fingertips have the most nerve endings of anywhere else on the body. Right. And so we numb that up really, really well. And people mm. are like, wow, that was great. I'm like, well, well, thank you. So no, the other guy didn't do it. I was like, huh. So uh, yeah, so it's really, again, so what's your, or So we were talking about the sort of the overdone looks. So what's your rule of thumb about doing lips? How do you, when you're doing the consult, sure. how do you a, approach that? There's a couple of things. Again, when, step one is listen. Mm -hmm. uh, in as much as, and again, people usually tell you what they kind of want. Right. Some folks want, you know, they come in with pictures of uh, Kylie Jenner or sure. Jolie or something like that. And uh, some other folks, they say, well, geez, I really don't like the little itty bitty lines and wrinkles and crinkles around my right. uh, lips. And I'm like, okay. Um, and so it really sort of depends. Most uh, females, uh, and again, we have a few fellas too within lips, but most of them are females. And most uh, folks want a little bit more in the pillars which is kind of that Cupid's bow area in the uh, upper lip. Just, yeah, below uh -huh. the nose. Right, and then uh, a little bit in the pout. And mm -hmm. so, and then of course, make everything, you know, sort of look symmetrical. Most lips of people walking around the planet, like uh, myself, uh, have a lip ratio of one to two, right? So your bottom lip is about yeah. uh, two uh, times the, the upper. And there's uh, sort of a formula for facial beauty, right? There is. I, and I, I don't remember what you can explain. Yes, so uh, there is that. I mean, most girls, especially models, want a lip ratio closer to one to one. Uh, and then, yes, you can get into the ratios of, you know, what's the perfect, you know, ratio, et cetera, right. et cetera. Right, that's very subjective. And, yeah. and all that. And, uh, yeah, and some... So uh, I think it was Dr. Elleberger, uh, forever in uh, Beverly Hills. He's work on that forever. What's what? What is beauty? What is the mathematical computation right. of beauty? And it, it's different. Well, there, there's some things that are tenets that are always good internationally. I mean, from you know, from uh, from Africa to Asia to Europe to the United States to whatever. And then some other stuff uh, also are um, dependent uh, upon geographics. And and beauty sometimes will change. What I mean by that is when I very first uh, started. Uh, here back in town is uh, everybody wanted to be a size zero, right? right. So yeah, because it changes. Everyone wanted to be Nicole Richie. Yeah. Everybody wanted to be Paris Hilton. Sure. And then the Kardashians showed up. Right. And then all of a yeah. sudden, everybody wanted curves, so which was interesting. And Brazil was also interesting in as much as 
historically, Brazilians kind of wanted kind of flat chest, and but mm-hmm. kind of bigger uh, butts. Okay. And then, uh, this was years ago, Baywatch showed up. And, right, yeah. And Playboy yeah. showed up. Sure. And all of a sudden, the rate of uh, breast implants in Brazil went up uh, precipitously. So, mm. so I, I, I don't. It's think always it, changing, right? Yeah, I don't think it's a, the, the fads. You got to kind of watch the beauty fads per se. Right. But I think that if you're true to uh, measurement, you're true to science, and you're true to kind of what beauty is supposed to be, mm. you don't have to kind of jump into and it is what subjective. The next fad is. Oh, of course yeah. it's subjective. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'm the guy that says no. Um, yeah. Some folks will come in and want to do something just outlandish, right. and I'm like, I'm I'm not I'm not your guy. Yeah. So whether it's really, and we do some you know some decent sized lips, but typically it is an aesthetic choice. And we yeah. talk about that. We say, okay, well, we can go from A to B. Great. You want to go to A to C. I said, let's go to A to B first, and then we'll go to B to C right. if you want to change that. So we kind of give them you know, that uh, off-ramp uh, if, they, right. if they want. But then if they say, no, this is really what I want, and here's all the pictures that I want, and this is why. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just kind of like breast implants, too. We're not afraid of, afraid of a big breast implant mm. uh, here in Las Vegas, you can imagine. But, <laughs> but having said that is, 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 is we want to kind of really talk and kind of, you know, kind of get into you know whys, and then okay, sure. well that makes sense. And, let's and what, do what it. are the kind of what are the look they're going for? Right, and then what's the price you pay? You know, for for that, uh, right. you know, afterwards. So yeah, and, um, it's, and it's funny when you talk, when you talk about uh, uh, fillers and that kind of thing. Is 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 uh, we have a couple guys that uh, they they come in and they do I was going to ask thing. you about that. So fillers, yeah. Botox in terms of men, men, right? very big deal nowadays. It's it's a uh, it's. Really interesting. It's less invasive. It's well, yeah, it's less invasive. They don't want to take time off, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I'm getting a lot of 50 year old guys that are mm-hmm. coming in, uh, salesmen, and uh, they tell me because now they're competing for jobs. The 20 year olds. They're competing with 20 something year olds. Yeah, they're, and the yeah. and the whether it's uh, you're, you're selling timeshare, whether you're selling cars, whatever you're selling, and um, and they're competing, and so and they're doing great. Some of these older guys. Uh, and I'm in my 50s, so there you have it. But basically, <laughs> so the young guy, yeah, guys, they're competing young guys, with young, fresh, looking, right? And they're and they're out yeah. to selling them two to one at the right, quarter, right? Sure. And so because they can't. And uh, but the younger guys say, "Hey, pops, you know how come you look tired?" He's like, "Tired? I just also sell you two to one." So they come into my office, and uh, we do a little Botox, a little filler, this and that. And uh, I talk to them, and they say, "Doc, this is." great he says because i don't feel how my age you know what i mean i feel like i'm running full court basketball i'm jogging five miles a day i'm doing all that and uh and they say yeah why do i want to look like it's one two is is the you're tired goes away uh and then three he says you know doc i'm a salesman yeah and uh, he says you know sales is all about confidence i said yeah Mm -hmm. he says i feel more confident and I go out there and I sell more stuff. Yeah. And they said, so he says, so you're the R the ROI on you, Doc, is great. I said, well, <laughs> as long as I'm in the black, I guess I'm okay. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, no, 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 I'll keep coming back. Do you think that? I mean, also because we live in Las Vegas or on the West Coast, uh, particularly here, desert. Uh, do you think that affects how the the look, the aging? Oh sure. It, so maybe it makes you age a little bit. Oh, quicker, oh, oh, right? oh sure. So is the um, uh, the. UV light is not your friend, uh, yeah, especially sure. here in Las Vegas. And I, and I used to, I mean, I grew up in the 80s, you know, in the 70s and stuff. You know, you're running around with, yeah. you know, Hawaiian Tropic. And, yeah, there's tanning uh, beds, baby, all that stuff oh, came it was in. terrible. Right? And the nurses were the worst because they would do the baby oil. But then they would put the iodine in the baby oil and, right. and just yeah. cook themselves. And uh, and so now, after a couple of basic cell carcinomas off and everything else, I used to make fun of the guy um, underneath the umbrella. Now I am the guy underneath yeah, the umbrella. Yeah, you learn. You see the damage, right? And, <laughs> yeah, and I, I have a little one, and uh, her swimsuit looks like a burka. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, my wife's like, really? I'm like, it's pink, and it's got a dolphin. What do you right, want? Yeah. Right? And, uh, <laughs> and I said, she'll thank me when she's 30. Yeah, And we see true. that all the time in surgery, especially with uh, women. It, it's because you can look at the decollé, which is the uh, area on the chest where, uh, kind of like just underneath where the neck is, where mm-hmm. you would, you know, you would see a piece of jewelry and stuff. Right. But then, you, when you do breast surgery, you actually look at the breast, and you can tell the gals it's that different have been, skin, right? It's different skin because the ones that have been sun worshippers, sure. the ones in the decollé, brutal, and the ones that have worn tops and such, and never saw, yeah. and never saw skin, completely different skin. So, so the answer is, and especially now, um, this the sun just isn't the same. It's more brutal, uh, and um, yeah. we see. A lot of that, and we have a really good it's esthetician service. But still, yes. yeah. we have a real good uh, uh, esthetician service uh, in our office, and they 
now all the time calm down the skin and the, the first thing they say oh my god let's calm this down first sure. and kind of go from there and then and there's there's um the skincare stuff which is the top of the line and now we have ourselves we're going to introduce pretty soon a new uh um uh, sunscreen, uh, sunblock, actually, uh, which I think is phenomenal. We know we're going to private label it. We've been working on it for a long time. We'll talk more about that. Right, sure. But having said that, is, is and and they go ahead and look at bad skin all day long, mm-hmm. and so the the folks that again we've made fun of you know for a while the the ladies walking down the street with the umbrellas right, and everything sure. else like that yeah. they have absolutely the right idea yeah. and, and they look and they look young and fresh yeah and, uh, they have absolutely right idea yeah. so yeah so UV light uh, not your uh, not your friend so especially mm. here in Las Vegas it's imperative that we do more about that and mm. then wear hats and stuff in Australia because you take a whole bunch of white people and put them down where it's really hot in Australia right. and yep. the melanoma rate goes bananas and so uh, and they're also big sun worshippers oh, well, too. Right? used to be so because yeah. then that really has changed a ton because now if you're in uh, elementary school you can't run around outside and play unless you have a hat on oh interesting. Uh, and they have this uh, slip slop slap the, a little PSA thing basically is everybody they they want them to have long sleeve shirts on they mm-hmm. want them to have hats on floppy right. hats they want them to have because uh, you can sun, avoid so many issues sun, right? sunblock on there it's it's a pub for them it's a public health problem uh, sun mm-hmm. and, and, and melanoma is a public health problem there because so many people yeah. you know got that sure. um, so and, and so we now are, are we the United States are really kind of looking towards those guys to see That's how, interesting, better, yeah. how better we can and do also, that. So originally, I mean, it's actually, I was talking to a friend um, about Australia and New Zealand, and he's a British friend, and he goes, well, you know, he goes, the criminals went to Australia, <laughs> and the crazies went to New Zealand, and I was laughing, he goes, no, no. Which of course that's that was a long go, long time ago. But. Yeah, that was a, that, that was that was a bit ago. And the other thing thing is, is there was a um, oh, there was this a great article it was years ago, and they took a picture. I forget which tennis match it was. Uh, they took a picture of the crowd, and they went back to the crowd and they said, "Hi, where are you from?" Right. So I don't know if it was a French Open. I don't. It was it's some international tournament. And the Aussies well, we had they wear the hat and the long shirts and you know the desert you know mm-hmm. stuff. And the Americans, of course, you know, were wearing halter tops, you know, and, yeah, and so you could not, really, not even worrying about it, right? And so, and I think that kind of has changed. I, I like to think that right. we have become a bit uh, better. Yeah, at, well, we've learned that. a lot since then. Yeah, I guess. You, you would you would hope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's you know kind of where where that uh, where that all is. So yeah, skincare we do uh, again, you know, prevention of bad things is, is kind mm-hmm. of you know what we do is and to educate as as much as we can right. uh, as well. Um, and, and we were talking uh, just change subjects a little bit, but we were talking about the breast augmentations and breast implants, and it seems to be um, even from shows like Potched and some of these other shows that are pl- plastic surgery related that a lot of people nowadays are wanting to actually have their implants removed. Um, are you are you seeing that too, or how we are, is that? We are seeing we are seeing yeah. that. We're seeing for a couple things for various reasons, I guess. Yeah. So, and again, implants aren't um, lifetime devices. Right. Uh, anything that we mankind put into uh, the body, whether it's a, a total knee or a chemotherapy port or whatever, we we can't make it as good as God makes it, right? So, sure. okay, so that's of course step one. So most stuff that we man put mankind um, puts into a body usually has to get backed out at some point. Of right. So that's number one. Uh, so what's, what's the typical length uh, implant should actually yeah. be in? So basically, is uh, it, most implants, if you get a good, you know, 13, 15 years out of an implant, that's pretty good. Wow. Okay. okay. So they're not permanent devices. So if you have one set of implants, you're probably looking at at least one operation mm-hmm. uh, more uh, down the line. Okay. So the old wisdom of breast implants was, is gosh, they got to come out at every 10 years. Sure. That sort of has gone away in as much as. And the, they were different quality. Oh, it's a whole, yeah, it's a, it's a whole different world. And we we talk about this in the office all the time is, is uh, cars have gotten better uh, I mean the past 20 30 years we have crumple zones now we have safety glass we have sure. seat belts we yeah. have air technology bags, updates have right. all of it right so the same thing with breast implants right breast implant technology um, the old implants back in the day uh, had a leak rate of 50% at 10 years right wow. so that's yeah. where you got the hey they got to come out of 10 years because sure. half the time they'll be leaky so um, nowadays that's much different but but again in the growing up in Las Vegas thing is when I very first came back to town and some of the older showgirls that have had them in for forever and right. finally decide to get them out after 20, 30 years, whatever, uh, or folks that have had uh, leaks or whatever you take in the operating room. Mm-hmm. So those particular implants, the gel itself was like a consistency of maple syrup. 
right? Oh, okay. So you get in there to go ahead and take this out, and it's like maple syrup all over the place. Right. It's a mess. In fact, a Desert Springs Hospital, they probably still don't have this on the thing, but you go to the operating room, and they have the breast implant removal um, tray, uh, and basically it had a spoon that would, they would sterilize, and you'd actually kind of scoop this Oish. stuff out. Yeah. So anyway, that went away. The new, new ones are really cool, and they're cool for a couple reasons. We do about 80% silicone, about 20% salines nowadays, mm-hmm. right? So the silicones nowadays, um, if you, you can even poke a hole in it, shake it, and nothing's supposed to come out. So that gummy bear or cohesive gel implant, uh, everybody's the one that's, everybody's using those nowadays. Right. What, what's your thought? I mean, I know there's a lot of, I don't know if controversy is the word, but people that have had leaky implants with the original silicone way back when, um, that related to like health conditions or possible health conditions. What's what's your sort of thought on that? Well, there's a couple three a couple three things. Is the the new new silicones I think are terrific and have never been better. And I and I think for a variety it's of a reasons, it's really a different. That's thing. better. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's a whole different animal. So to get to your first question is you don't have to take them out at ten, uh, ten years. Mm-hmm. And again, I've seen some implants salines that they're thirty years. They look great, and sure. I wouldn't touch them. Not I've seen issues. I've seen stuff that have to come out in six months. So it just depends on. Uh, how your body, you know, handles them. Does and, it also depend okay. on the doctor, do you think? Well, I, you know, I like to, that's my bias. Uh, I don't have, you know, a randomized prospective study, right, et cetera. Sure, sure. I will say, I mean, you know, I will say there's a uh, outfit called uh, Sientra, uh, and they make implants, and they only sell them to board-certified plastic surgeons, right. and their uh, rate is uh, significantly different. Uh, than some of the other uh, competitors that sell them to non-board certified plastic surgeons. Now, now, now again, that's a completely biased statement. Right. The Sinatra people say it's because of our implants, and the uh, and the plastic say it's because no, the guys are putting them in. But explain, so that, explain so the, the difference. So since you bring that up, because I, I, I what what's the difference between a board certified and a non-board certified plastic surgeon? Sure. So uh, so a couple things is, is we can get down the rabbit hole on this a bit. But yeah. the, the the bottom bottom line is. Uh, how did I get to be a plastic surgeon, right? Well, so I went ahead and I went to med school and went to, to uh, I did the old way. I did seven years of general surgery, mm-hmm. two years of plastics, and then me, I did a year of uh, hand and microsurgery. Okay. Sure. But what you do is you go to a university-based uh, program that's recognized by the American Board of Plastic Surgery to train plastic surgeons. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's then, what they specialize in. Right. That's so what that's they do. right. And so, and by that, um, by that, you have done reconstructive surgery, you have uh, done uh, aesthetic surgery, you've done all these different, the whole gamut, the whole gamut right. of things. You've seen how things gone wrong, you've gotten yourself, uh, or your professors have, have taught you how to get in, out of trouble. Or, right. m- and, and most specifically is, is, for the most part, is those folks usually are trained to spot potential problems before they even are problems. So that's mm-hmm. key. All right, so that's number one. So it takes a long time. Uh, it takes a lot of hours, contact hours, and then you sit for your boards, which are not easy to pass, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And they so, should be right, and they should. It should be hard. <laughs> right. uh, and and so and and they are. And uh, and then there's also uh, continuing medical education things to go ahead and keep up your boards and everything. Sure. So it's a it's ongoing a, process. It's right. There's a flaming hoop that you have to jump through and then keep jumping jumping through it, sure. which which I think helps a lot. Protect one patients. Right. Uh, but then, too, kind of, kind of keeps you motivated to keep up a date. Most of us are really self-motivated folks, anyways. Yeah. Uh, but having right. said that, so, so yeah, it takes a while to go ahead and do that. Uh, some folks that uh, want to be in the aesthetic world, and it's hard to blame them. I, I, I don't know how some of the family practice guys and internal medicine guys and gals. Uh, do it uh, because the big insurance companies or the government wants you to see a patient every seven minutes and you're not getting paid diddly for it and so some guy rolls up to your office oh and then the insurance I mean well, I was going to say that's a whole other uh, yeah. I mean you have to have somebody full time to appeal everything it, it's just a nightmare sure and so some guy rolls up to your office building with a laser and goes hey doc you want to do something for cash money and they go well, well, what what you right. know? Yeah, so you make, so it's yeah. very tempting uh, and so I don't you know blame these guys sure. now having said all of that is so some guys will go ahead and say they're quote-unquote cosmetic surgeons uh, and that sort of thing but they haven't had the 
the training and they haven't had yeah. the experience and they and they haven't had or they, they may not have hospital and many many patients they may not understand the difference they don't know so yeah. if you say what's the difference between the plastic and the cosmetic surgeon do most people or walk certified. around the street right. uh they they won't they won't sure. know so and and, and we at the Aesthetic Society and the Plastic Society have for years, I mean, I've been hearing this for 30 years, oh, we have to educate the public and blah, blah, blah. And we, and we, we do a poor job, uh, we, you know, including yeah. me, we do a poor job uh, of, of delineating the different. And this difference. is, I mean, actually, I mean, this is one of many great forums to actually get into that because I think it is important for people to understand. We actually talked about, um, I had seen a doctor, a, cosmet- or a dermatologist here in town, and I thought I was seeing the doctor. I was actually seeing the physician's assistant, but nobody told me. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's a whole. That's that's a whole another. Thing. You but, know, but that's. But yeah, right. but but to your point on the board stuff is there's a couple you know we know of a couple of OBGYNs that hand that you know put in breast dogs uh, or do tummy tucks right. uh, in their office, sure. uh, etc. And and just it, what what gets me is is just the safety issue. And sure. If something yeah. goes bad, now what do you do? Right. So. And stuff goes bad every now and then. Even and for even for any it, doctor, it happens to everybody. Yeah. It happens to me, sure. you know. And you got to return to the OR and do your thing, and and you're trained to handle it. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that's the thing is, is if, if you know, people get hurt, and that's that's the thing that really bothers me. Uh, so, absolutely, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, um, and plus you you spent all that years, all those years getting that education, getting the experience. And uh, you hate to see patients come in to see you after they've had those bad experiences. Yeah. And, right? that, and that happens, too. And again, you know, we all have uh, a complication to all of us. So uh, sure. you do enough surgery. You know, you do 200 cases. Let's see, you do 200 cases a year, you know, 1% chance of this. Well, yeah. that's two. You know, yeah. and there's so, physiology. The patients have different right. issues. So sure. yes, so that's that. That's yeah. That's that's kind of where that is. Right. Yeah, my thing is is can you have somebody who can kind of handle, you know, if things sort of make a left turn. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so getting back to the the breast augmentation and that kind of thing. Right. Um, so. What do you prefer the silicone over the, the saline? Well, or? it's not really what I prefer per se. It just depends on what's the goal of the patient. And okay. most uh, most patients say, "Well, geez, doc, I want to look feel natural," right. uh, and I usually steer them a little bit towards the silicone. Also, my really athletic gals, when there's a ton of those here in Las Vegas, sure, yeah. uh, I steer them also towards the silicone because there's a little less rippling uh, okay. on the sides. Right. Now, all girls, hundred percent, if you put implants in and they bend over at the waist, you're going to go ahead and, and feel and see ripples. That's just anatomy. Right. But yeah. most people want around uh, especially on the sides you, you don't really kind of want to see that do you kind of is your goal in that situation when you're doing the console are you trying to get them to have the most natural look i mean obviously it depends on what they want it, it depends like i said some people want yes so here, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's odd because here in las vegas some girls come in and say doc i want to be able to have breasts that i can put a drink on top of them. right sure yeah. okay all right so and some of them that's part of their and they're part of their business their, right yes some of them it's their currency you know yeah. if they're uh, in the entertainment industry or their models or you know, all that, kind of, all, you know, that sure. kind of stuff. Um, and, but most folks in our uh, practice um, want to be about a full C, small D. They mm-hmm. want to have them look good in a swimsuit or, or evening gown. Right. Uh, they can dress them up on Saturday, but they can still play softball on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, most of the time, we're able to kind of really pull that off. And my favorite word is proportion. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they want to aesthetic choice want to be out of proportion a little bit and then mm-hmm. we talk about that sure. uh, as well um, so yeah so do I think uh, implants are safe yes I do otherwise I wouldn't you know uh, I wouldn't put them in right uh, and uh, do they have a good safety profile etc cetera, etc cetera? yes I think mm-hmm. all, uh, all of that um, what do you think in terms of I know we were talking uh, also about men and plastic surgery um, do you think that that I mean I guess maybe in the last five or ten years that's become more prevalent right well yeah the, the men in plastic surgery thing and we can do an hour on that as well it's about 10% now if you mm-hmm. asked me that question 20 years ago it would be 1% uh, more and more guys are coming in because again they're active you know 50, 60, 70 year olds running marathons yeah. they're playing full court ball yeah and 70 so. years old today is not like 70 no, year old no, on the, 30, 40 years ago right? no yeah, yeah they're not in you know rocking chairs on the uh, right. on the on the porch, uh, and so yeah, these guys are out and about, and so they they you know don't want to you know look that sure, uh, and so yeah, no, we're able to to do that, and um, whether again popular stuff with men is uh, uh, rhinoplasty, Botox fillers. We talked right. about that, uh, liposuction, and right. um, it, it's funny too because uh, even the the most macho of guys uh, come in for this stuff, my, my cops and my firemen. Uh, right. Love those guys. Blue first, collar guys. First right? respond. Yeah. Oh, and, and they're and they're spectacular guys. They go running 
towards danger, you know, so yeah. God bless them. And uh, uh, the, the the cops usually when they're about yeah, 40s, 50s, and then the gun belt starts kind of digging in a little bit, right, you know, yeah. so that don't like that. <laughs> sure. And then the firemen, uh, they all want to look like they just walked off a calendar, you know, those guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're great. So, um, so yeah, so we go ahead and we take care of uh, uh those folks and um, and you know they they dig it so, right, yeah. right. and again you, nobody has to know you know that's the thing that's yeah. and to that is is we sometimes have we have uh, husbands and wives that are both in the practice but they don't know they're both in the practice oh yeah we, yeah you mentioned that before it's yeah and uh, and so yeah we get we cog, uh, cognizant of that do you um you know we were talking about health and wellness and kind of the holistic approach do you talk a lot about that in, in terms of your practice and as oh, far sure. as diet and and healthy lifestyles yes so we talk about all the time and again my my first set of options uh usually starts off with a diet and exercise right uh whether whether because you want them to have the best outcome absolutely and again folks come in and we talk to everybody but but we talk about what their goals are and such and you don't want to operate on somebody that wants to lose 70 pounds sure because you don't want to do a tummy tuck and come back and redo the tummy tuck right so um but we we talk uh, about that, and we talk about nutrition, and we talk, and where I was trained again back in Philly, um, some of these guys were bonkers about new nutrition, mm-hmm. and what we found, especially with plastic surgery, is if you have a wound um, and they have a poor nutritional status, th- you can do the best surgery in the entire world. You can swing this great flap, and it's not going to heal. Sure. Uh, if you get a 90 year old lady that's in a nursing home eating saltine crackers, okay, <laughs> she's not going to heal. Right. Uh, and so sometimes you have to slow down and go, okay, that's great. We can go ahead them, and do this. You want them this. to have the best result. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. but they need protein. They need uh, veggies to go ahead and heal things up. And so, so that's part of it. We talk yeah. about smoking. Smoking is the. Um, the bane of a plastic surgeon's uh, existence yeah. uh, because and I won't do facelifts on smokers that's uh, interesting so uh, what, what's the reason reason the reason is, is, is you also so, have vascular issues with that too right the vascular issue is the key oh, first yeah. of all uh, first first of all skin on smokers versus non-smokers is not close and my estheticians will tell you that mm-hmm. uh, one two is a, uh, it's a vasoconstrictor and right. so um, so which means for people, basic constrictor is basically constricts the blood flow. You don't get the blood flow to where right, you need it. Tighten. Tightens it yeah. up, right? So basically, so the uh, procedures that you have tension on on purpose, mm-hmm. facelifts, breast lifts, tummy tucks, because on purpose you're fighting, putting, you're fighting gravity. Putting on tension, yeah. right? You're putting on tension. What you don't want is uh, a lot of tension. You don't. You want to get as much blood flow there as you can. Sure. So that's why we go ahead and say, yeah, no smoking. So basically. And you talk to my buddies and everything else. Every because back in the seventies, everybody smoked, right? Sure, right. He, and, he, and he would tell me, he says every smoker, every really problem facelift that I've really had, hundred percent have been smokers. Interesting. And, uh, and he had a bunch. That's of, something you don't really hear about. And he had a bunch yeah. of scared straight uh, photos, which were terrible, and right? Everything else sure. Like that. But yeah. uh, but basically, yeah. So smoking, um, it's it's bad for any. Uh, surgery and even mm-hmm. breast dogs, it, it, hardness around a breast dog, mostly in the in smokers. Does, does vaping rate. come into that same category? Yes, well, yeah. Which so has the, become, of course, a huge. Vaping is a tremendous issue, um, and with uh, my work with the Clark County Max Society and Nevada State Medical Association, we've really uh, it, it's eye opening of how many mm-hmm. junior high school and high school kids uh, vape. Uh, and it was originally, oh, well, you can go ahead and. Uh, get yeah. off of it. They make uh, it fun and easy. Uh, the, well, and it's flavored again. And, and also, they end up taking in a dramatically higher level of nicotine. Right? When it's when it's a higher level, to uh, California, I think just banned flavored right. uh, pods or right. tobacco because again, this is this is out it, of the it appeals to kids. This yeah. is out of the tobacco playbook from fifty years yep. ago yep. Uh, of making candy look like. Uh, look like mm-hmm. cigarettes, making flavored uh, tobaccos right. to get you know these kids hooked and everything. Else. And so, especially Juul, Juul is this thing. Oh well, you can go ahead and, and do the Juul thing and smoke blueberries. Right. Okay, fine. and they're dealing with that in Europe at the same, same oh, time. Oh well, it's, right? it's yeah. tremendous. Well, guess what? You know, one of the major tobacco companies just took a thirty percent stake in it. So sure. what do you think's going yeah, on? Of course. So, so yeah. So so for me, and I tell everybody that's in earshot is is yeah, it's it's a. Uh, any sort of tobacco nicotine type product, mm-hmm. vasoconstrictor, however you get it into you, uh, is is not good around, not good period, but especially right. not good around um, plastic surgery, plastic and surgery, uh, surgery uh, in uh, in general. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting because so many there's so much many aspects of that besides just the surgeon, right? I mean the health and the aspect of it that that to have to have a, a great outcome. 
um, it's interesting because a lot of people don't think about that stuff, I think. Yeah, sure. And, and again, we're in a society or world where it's kind of everything's drive-through, you know? Exactly. And they want the quick result. And, right. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, too, is, is that surgery is real surgery, and I wish I had a magic wand to make things heal up uh, fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the body's going to take the appropriate amount of time for it to heal up and put scars on sure. and all that, all that sort of thing. Yeah. What's uh, Being that we live in Las Vegas, what, what's some of your... And you've been here since, like you said, uh, 77. Yeah. So it's been so a minute. It was like a, such a different mm-hmm. place. Yeah. What's some of your memories of growing up here, kind of, and also starting, you didn't start your practice here initially. You sure. Were, you went to school and all that. But what's some of your your memories of that? Oh, so, well, I mean, there's a, you know, a ton of memories coming out of, of Las Vegas. And, and we talk about being gamefully employed uh, in in Las <laughs> yeah. Vegas. And I've had some. And we talk about the showgirls. I've had some, I've had some odd, yeah, odd, odd jobs. Like where, you know. Blackjack's dealer is actually an occupation and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. those guys work hard, by the way. And and but you put that on your 1040 form, you know, it just right. it's, yep. it's interesting, yep. right? And uh, uh, a lot of those kind of and all those people have actually become your customers. Right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, yeah. no, the, the or game patients, is, I should say. Yeah, and so those uh, those folks. It's interesting because it's not just uh, showgirls and that and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's uh, folks that have worked uh, hard for a long time. We. Right. Uh, and it's funny because you get one scout that comes in, and then kind of the rest of them comes out. Yeah, and so, like and, you go, you go, let, let me know what he says. <laughs> so, so again, we've done uh, the gals at at Tal, the gals at the Marquee, the gals at Hooters, the gals, at, right. all that kind of stuff. Sure, uh, Hard Rock. Yeah, um, and, lots fine. of gorgeous. But uh, but yeah, we've also yeah. done. Uh, we were really popular for a long time there with the housekeeping department at the Bellagio in the slot department. Interesting. And okay. they, they were great. Yeah. Uh, they were great, great uh, folks, and they were, you know, most of them moms. And that's and, really probably considered one of the top properties in the world. Oh, for yeah, no, absolutely. And, and they, they work hard and right. everything else. And they've, you know, a few of them have babies and they want to go ahead and get things sure. fixed. So, again, it kind of, it, it sort of depends. So like to the tummy tucks, the Botox. Yeah, the, you know, that, that, all, that, yeah. that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah. and they were great. So it kind of sort of depends mm-hmm. uh, on, um, on, and that sort of stuff, but yeah, I've had a few uh, interesting jobs. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> we were here, talking about the here in Vegas. So, yeah, so, so tell us about your. So uh, one was yeah, it was outside. I was the guy that would uh, at Thomas and Max Center when they when it was new, would go ahead and tell you where to you know with the guy with the flashlight yeah. you know put your credit. Yeah, I was I did that. Or that guy. I was that guy. Uh, did, did that one. Um, I was uh, let's see a ramp agent at Delta Airlines, uh, which is wow. lo- loading planes. So it was. It was that was kind that of that is no easy job no, in Las Vegas was, in the summertime. It was we measured it. It was we were I was you know college kids so you know you don't know anything. You're having but, fun. Yeah. Uh, it was 120 degrees on the tarmac wow. and, then, and there was A and B gates. There was no C and D gates. Yeah, it was very small. Okay, yeah. uh, A and B uh, B gates, and um, and then you would go into the air conditioning, which was 75. So you'd go from 75 to 120, <laughs> 75 to 120. Not good for you. Yeah. And then uh, the underbelly of the plane, you have to go ahead and stack them a certain way. So you're kind of walking around like a hunchback. Oh my god! I can't under, even underneath there, and then yeah. uh, folks would have their doggies and stuff. We would take really good care of uh, of that. I never saw anybody intentionally hurt a bag. Just just so you know, and, <laughs> just just for the record, but the Samsonite commercial with the gorilla on top right, of it and all yeah, that kind right, of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. So no, no, no. I, I, a couple, three things. I never saw anybody intentionally had a bag, and I've never, ever, ever saw any stealing ever. Yeah. So that was like a big deal, and uh, it was actually. I mean, it was hard to get those jobs back then, right? Yeah. So that was yeah. a. I got it really. Still is, but... I got yeah. I, I got really lucky, and uh, and I was a kid, you know, yeah. back then, and such, and so. Uh, and that, that it was it was an interesting job. It was a great job for for a kid, um, and uh, so we did a, did a lot of that sort of thing. Yeah. And a couple of interesting things with that is we also would run up and clean the planes, right? So oh. we clean, clean the planes out. So yeah, we, get to, we get to do that too. Okay. Yeah. And so there was one job, of course, where you know you put the thing up for the lavatory and it goes into the big septic tank. Right. And, right. Uh, that yeah. was yeah. That was that was always a good time. And then <laughs> uh, and then the second one is you would go up. Into the cabin, and you would be sweeping up the cabin, and sure. and I knew uh, I, I was thrilled. One of the biggest, best days on the job was when the airlines got rid of ashtrays. Oh yeah, that's how long this was. I know because people forget about that. You used to be able to you smoke. To smoke they had the smoke section ma- on the, the plane. Plane. And we <laughs> so would have funny. to dig out uh, ashtrays and butts and oh, everything else. It was yuck. terrible. So we were yuck. thrilled uh, when that went away, and that's right. how long ago that. Uh, that yeah. was wow. So, you know, it, 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 what's great about I mean, I've had some crazy jobs too myself, and um, 
What's great about that actually is when you are successful, when you've worked really hard to get to a certain place in your life, you look back at that and it makes you appreciate the journey. Right? Yeah. So, and I, uh, yes, one appreciate the journey and I, and I appreciate hard work. Right. Those, the guys out, out there riding around the tugs and, and, and lifting luggage, they working hard. Yeah, uh, especially the, here. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are working hard. The guys at the counters dealing with uh, people all day, they work right. hard. And Delta was a great, uh, it was a, a great company to, to work for. It was, a, and and that was kind of a funny thing too, is is um, because back then they wanted every there was no you know like the, the TSA was completely different. Sure, yeah, yeah. And they wanted everybody wear they actually wanted everybody to wear suits on the plane. So basically, right. this is so we went to yeah because you used to dress up to go fly right. Yeah, that yeah. was a big deal. Yeah. And they would have uh, silver and everything. And at the very very beginning, uh, there the the. Flight attendants, stewardesses back then, mm -hmm. were all nurses because they oh, thought flying was dangerous, uh, quote unquote dangerous in the 40s ah. and 50s and 60s. In fact, our mom, uh, she graduated nursing school and uh, wanted to see the world and uh, she wound up working for TWA. Wow. And uh, that's actually when she was... Um, when she, when she was on a, lay, a layover, uh, and so that's actually how she met our dad, which wow, is a whole another okay. story for another day. But uh, but one of her favorite, oh, one of her favorite stories. Your brother's over here laughing. Was, yeah, right, <laughs> just just, so you know. I know he doesn't know where the laugh or cry are both. So I, and I love. I mean, I haven't met your mom, but right. I, love, I love your dad. So uh, so one of her favorite stories is she was taking a flight. Uh, out of Boston, and uh, they still do. They let you take live lobsters if you're if you're leaving Boston. <laughs> Funny. And uh, the, uh, six lobsters got loose, uh -oh. and so she was on her hands and knees chasing after lobsters. Was it an emotional support lobster. Uh, yes, right. So right. <laughs> yes, I know they have those back there. So people are like, you know, <laughs> you know, eek a mouse with eek a, uh, eek a lobster. Right, so right, she was right. running around chasing after lobsters. How funny! So uh, on an airplane, but um, yeah, and and but uh, Delta was great. But my my. Uh, interview for Delta was wild uh, because it was myself and another guy mm. uh, college guys and uh, so they said okay guys you're you know, ready to go but you got to get um, you got to get interviewed by the home office where is mm. that Atlanta Delta's out of Atlanta oh. and uh, they said great they said when, when do we do that he says well tomorrow 7.30 and we're soup Okay, so we oh. both go. We both show up, and we're gonna get on this plane, and we're gonna go to wow, you know, hot Atlanta. So we go ahead, and we we get on the plane in Atlanta, right? And so we get off. They oh, you two guys, okay? And they put us on a tug, and right, we right, go right. over to Delta headquarters, which is this huge sure. granite yeah. building, right? So we go up there, and we finally find our guy, and this and that. And so we, we both sit down. And he says, "Okay, well, I see this is in order. This is in order. And this is in order. Okay, great." He says, uh, "You uh, you fellows have any questions?" We're like. No, like, great. Okay, well, you're hired. Your interview's over, and uh, it, was, it was five minutes tops. Okay, top five, went all the way to Atlanta. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like five minutes tops in a suit. And it says, oh, and there's a um, there's a flight leaving for Las Vegas in ten minutes. Uh, you know, maybe you make it. How funny! So they goes and put us on the tug. <laughs> we're going across the across the tarmac, right? It was best sound effect ever, by the right? way. Right. So yeah. we got across the tarmac. We'd make it. We'd make it. And yeah, hey, you know, we're waving, and the guy's like, "What the hell?" And so they don't know. We're going to Vegas. Like, who are you guys? Oh, okay. Yeah. So we go ahead and we get on, and we're you know we're running That's and everything funny. else. I like, get sweaty in a suit because Atlanta's hot. Yeah, oh so, yeah, absolutely. So it's sweaty. So we finally go back, um, and then we actually allowed ourselves to have like one drink uh, on the way back. So, hey, you guys made it. Hey, have a drink. So uh, back jet then. setters, right? No, right? And uh, uh, and the other guy actually uh, got disqualified. They did x because back then it was like uh, a big deal. They did x-rays of your back, and he had something wrong congenitally with his back. Oh, interesting. So I show up to work, and, you know, where's Bob? And, yeah. no, Bob didn't make it. It's something wrong with his back. Oh. Didn't make the cut. Didn't make the cut. So, yeah, yeah. So back was good enough then, I guess, to lift, <laughs> lift stuff. Yeah, that, that's uh, a – I mean, you know, I, it's because I fly all the time, and I look, I see those guys. That is a hard job. It's a hard job. Well, the other thing, too, uh, is uh, – you're not supposed to, you know, the weights at the thing, you're not supposed to be over, mm -hmm. you know, a certain weight. Right. Oh, oh yeah, they get through. And, and so, or you have a <laughs> they little, to find or you have a little box, it's like five inches by five inches. Yeah. And I don't know if they have plutonium. It weighs like 75 yeah, I don't know if they have plutonium in it or what, but it's dense as hell. And I, I actually, uh, my other crazy job, I, I worked for UPS uh, for a while. That's as another a, hard job. As a, wow. those guys. Yeah. Uh, but I was a sorter. And what that meant was, is I was working through college, and they had this big slide, as you can imagine, and all these packages kept coming in with this slide. Sure. And then you had to memorize zip codes. Is that like a Lucille Ball moment with the chocolates and the yes, <laughs> yes, oh, 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 yes, yes, but no eating. So, and a couple things with that job. That was actually a great job for a kid, yeah. uh, for a college kid. That is a great, yeah. It was a great job well. for a college kid. Well, first of all, you didn't have. It, 
you didn't have to wear the uniform, right? Oh, in fact, they didn't care what you wore. Because you're in the warehouse. You never, yeah, you never yeah. saw you never saw people. Right. And they didn't care. They all they work boots. That was the only thing they cared about. So guys would have you know wife beaters and you know shorts from junior high school and, and work boots. They don't care. <laughs> and work boots and they don't care. So uh, That's cut off like scrubs. Quite they a fashion statement. Care. Right. And so well, you always knew who was walking home from the UPS thing because they were in nothing right. but work. Yeah, but, and work. <laughs> so but they had uh, you had to memorize all of the. Um, Zip codes, and then it was a moving gate, and it was three color. It was five colors, three tiers, wow. and, and so you had to figure out which which one yeah, goes into which fast, thing, right? and yeah. it keeps moving, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you don't want to get caught in heavy machinery and stuff like that. That's funny. And uh, and then they would change the zip codes on you, and so you have to figure that out. But from there, then it went out to the trucks, and the trucks mm. got them to everybody. But those guys would put those brownies. We called them brownies. The little the, the trucks. If there's two inches on either side, they can make it. And I, I know it's those crazy. guys are unreal. And and so are the FedEx guys and Tetris. Oh yeah, and DHL. <laughs> All those guys, especially back east, because yeah. itty bitty tiny roads. And those guys put those things in places. So that you, did you no do that chance. all through college? Or no, I did it for one summer. Wow. Uh, in, a, in in college, and it was it was great. Uh, it was great because it it paid a tr- a tremendous amount of money. So yeah. so I was in I was in uh, and by that I mean you're gonna love this is when I was in college and I was uh, there from uh, eighty four to eighty eight, mm-hmm. and it was nine bucks an hour. Okay, yeah. which, which was, was good money. Which was really yeah. good money. My work study thing was four dollars an hour okay. uh, at college. Sure. And uh, now we talk about <laughs> talk about being doctor. Okay, you're gonna love this one. So. Um, so so basically is is when uh, you you go through uh, college and you go to medical school mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff uh, and all of that and then you get to be residencies right so you're an MD I'm a doctor yeah. hi I'm Dr. Roth okay fine so seven years later seven years later, later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred years later and so you're finally able to uh, they actually give you a paycheck right so right, so they give you a couple they give you a chit book for two meals and they give you three white coats and right. it's like it's you know and then they uh, they they pay you yeah and by paying you that means as an intern. And you still have to go pay, pay stupid loans and all this stupid right, I was loans say, and all that it's stuff. Some serious so, student loans. Yeah. So, uh, so I was making, and, and I was uh, now I, I'm able to see patients. I'm able to put in IVs. I'm able to write medicines. I'm mm-hmm. able to do all the stuff uh, that doctors do, etc. And there's there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of supervision and all that as an intern. But you're running around, you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You're, you're putting in chest tubes and all that stuff. I was making uh, two dollars and eighty cents an hour. <laughs> Isn't so that funny? Ten uh, years later, wow. okay. Uh, board certified in in general surgery, which means I can do trauma, I can do hearts, I can right. set colons, I can go ahead and put burr holes into somebody's head, I can go ahead and dispense uh, dangerous drugs, sure. uh, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, uh, and then I'm a, a fellow, a fellow, so I'm PGY-10. Right. Uh, I can run a service. I can take students through this. I can, I can, you know, run a service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was making uh four dollars and fifty cents an hour wow so, yeah it's interesting you bring that up because people always assume oh you're a doctor you're rich it's like well, yeah no there's so much more to it no right? there was there was a lot of top <laughs> there was a lot of top ramen i was a saucier for top ramen wow yeah so yeah. uh yeah it got to the point <laughs> that funny. i i could do i could do miracles with, right with, uh, with yeah because it's it's hard to get yeah. through all that yeah. so uh all yeah right. and it is what it is opportunity cost and all that kind of good sure. stuff but but uh, back in the day that's that's uh that's yeah. that's that's what it that's what that's it was. interesting yeah like i said a lot of people i think they assume doctor you know, like you're instantly come out with a here's your here's your Mercedes and here's that. Yeah. But they don't realize, like, yeah. I mean, obviously, and also student loans. Yeah. No, I, I still have know. guys my age that have just paid off their student loans. Crazy, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, and it's worse now because these poor kids, the college guys, are, are coming what's, out. What's the average the cost of medical school now per year? Uh, you well, think? well, first of all, undergraduate to get there is uh, sixty five thousand in tuition, right. and then oh, you want to eat? That's ten grand. Oh, you want a roof over your head? That's 10. So about eighty five yeah. grand. So so the, for private. School. And you're and you went to school in Philadelphia, so, right. some so, very expensive cities. So now these kids are coming out with about. Uh, for med school because it's another four years mm-hmm. and you can't work during med school there's no chance right uh, so yeah, they're coming out with about from undergrad about 200 250 grand and about med school from another 200 so you're about oh, 500 grand in the crazy. hole starting on day one and crazy. and the issue with that is is uh, it's starting to influence well starting has been for well influencing folks choice so folks sure. that want to be that want to go to the inner city and be the internal medicine uh, guy or gal, really or plastic surgery uh, or the 
sorry, like the uh, family practice sure. guy, and really want to serve your community. So now there's a movement afoot, like here in Las Vegas, is is the first two classes got their tuition free. Uh, Bloomberg actually came up. I think it was Bloomberg and NYU that's mm-hmm. uh, that's spotting a couple of uh, uh, classes uh, medical students for free. Interesting. Um, yeah. I think that there was a huge donation to basically they would have to agree to do public service. Uh, it, I don't know what the the provisos on okay. that are. Right. Uh, and then there was an, another. Um, uh, Bezos' uh, wife, her name's escaped me, I apologize, uh, just went ahead and gave a ton of money to historical, historically black colleges uh, to get those folks to, uh, in med schools to go ahead get and get those folks to, yeah. to do that and serve underserved sure. populations. So, so that, I think, people have recognized it. And I think people are right. coming and to the aid of that, which I think is, is spectacular. Yeah, because, I mean, you want you want people to also practice in inner city. You want them to be able to, yeah. to be open to those kind so, of... Or rural, you know, as right. well. Yeah. So, and especially in Absolutely. a rural state like Nevada, it's, it's tough recruiting yeah. uh, folks. Um, pretty much, if you need that kind of service, you have to pretty much come down to here or Reno. Yeah, right? so, uh, and, and so, yeah, if you're in East Ely or Winnemucca and, and, right. and, and Elko, and actually they do have good docs and they do, do have good hospitals and, right. and sort of thing. But like anything else, it's if, if you, yeah. it's access, if you need a liver transplant, obviously that's different than uh, yeah. than than uh, other stuff. Um, What's your um, for people that? Um might be listening that are thinking about, or maybe they're in medical school or they might want to go to medical school. What's some advice that you would give? Well, just first getting ready to go down that path. Yeah, it, it, it's a calling, not a job. Mm-hmm. Um, if you yeah, don't don't think you're going to get rich. No don't chance. do it for that. Yeah. No, you know, absolutely not. Go to MBA school. You know, go to law school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, if you're in it for the money, get out now. Right. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, because because. And I, and I tell the, the, the young ones this, too, is if somebody's going to ask you to do something at 4 in the morning, mm-hmm. and you're going to get out of bed, and you're going to do it, whether you're an OBGYN, whether you're a surgeon, whether right. you're internal medicine, it doesn't matter. And it makes it a lot easier to get out of bed if you love what you do. Right. Uh, and you're going to have... You're going to have some hard times. Some patients are going to die. Some patients are, are, are not going to follow what you. Yeah, because you've done trauma. You've done <clears throat> all that. Right? All of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've been blessed with my training. And but, um, and it's hard. It's hard on purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and it, not that the training's hard, but the day to day. Sure. Uh, there's going to be some tough times. So if you if you think this is a pathway to you know, the, the big house, and the fancy car, stuff like that, pick a different pathway. Right. Um, but so it's, but those folks that stay and those folks that uh, is a calling for, and if those folks, those, the folks, and the folks that love what they do, mm-hmm. they're better. Yeah. In as much as they read more and they talk about and it more and they're excited right. about it more. Yeah. And, and it, it's those sorts of things. So I, I think, and again, I'm completely biased, and, and it, but I think it's still a very honorable ancient profession. Yeah. And, I, and I think that, um, I think it's the best profession in the world. I'm biased, and because I because I is one. Yeah. Uh, but, but you do have a passion. I mean, that's something that we've known each other for for some time now. Right. And that's something I've always enjoyed when I've come to see you. Like we have always have good discussions. Right. And I can feel your passion and your intensity for what you that you still love it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And most people don't love their jobs, so that's that's true. Rarity. And and, and would I care? Would I encourage my children to go into it? Yes. Yeah. So again, if 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 it's for the right reasons. Right. So if the right. Uh, personality and temperament, and for uh, if they're empathetic and it's uh, for the right reasons, then then absolutely. And that's yes. oh, and that job, t- or it's really more than a job. And that calling, it's it's also it's just a long process, right? It's a long you process. Know, you, it takes for a long time to get to where yeah. you are, but then it's still growing and always you know. growing. It's it's long on purpose, especially in general surgery. And it was you know seven years, uh, and the reason why is because you want to see enough and do enough. You want to see how ep- appendicitis presents differently and it does right. nobody kind of walks in with a sign on their hi I got a, a, a hat happy um, you know and you, and you think oh wait a minute this is kind of weird but I had two other guys that kind of present this way I think it's X right. and and that just comes from being there and being attentive just and learning having the experience and having the uh, having the experience of all of that so yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, awesome again we covered a lot of a lot of territory I, I, what's um, What's some of the things that you look forward to in, in future episodes? Like, what, what are some of the things you really want to talk sure. and, and go over? So, uh, so again, all things plastic surgery, and for me, I can do this for hours and hours. Much yeah. of the, much of the dismay of my wife, and uh, we jump around a lot, but it's it's fun because I I, I can I, it's fun to hear how you're you're thinking through the process and sure. discussing different so, subjects. So yeah, so the the plastic surgery stuff, and, and again, it's usually when I go to a charity thing when we used to have charity things, sure. uh, and people would come up and so oh, so what do you do? And I said, oh, you know, my friend wanted to ask. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. My friend wanted to ask. I and, got this uh, bump. I got right, and so my wife's like, "Yeah, I'll be back in twenty minutes." So, <laughs> which is yeah, I don't blame her. And uh, so, but having said that, is yeah, we'll talk all things plastic surgery. I think we'll talk yeah. about growing up in Vegas, which is always something. Yeah, and we actually need to get more uh, also to talking about the boxing aspect. Um, sure. I know we were talking about the bubble that the uh, yep. ESPN and top rank. Yep. Um, because your wife actually works with Top Rank. Yep. So, uh, so yeah. So Top Rank has really, I, I think UFC, Top Rank, uh, the NHL, uh, NBA have done a tremendous job right. of trying to go ahead and give us content, meaning sports, right. which we all love. Dealing with this current uh, as situation. As safely as we possibly uh, yeah. can. And no fans, uh, et cetera, et cetera, which is a bummer because you want fans yelling and screaming and all that kind a of stuff. A lot of people, I mean, since we're talking about that, a lot of people hear the term the bubble yeah. um, in terms of sports. So, so what, what, is that, what does that so actually the, mean? So the bubble basically, and, and, the, and all of those organizations have done a terrific job with that. And I... I Talk to the folks at Top Rank and read through their stuff before they submitted. Yeah, so it's but, Top Rank Boxing, which is the world's, I guess they're the largest yeah, they're, uh, boxing yeah, promoter. Yeah, uh, so they've been around since 1966, mm-hmm. uh, and they've had, well, everybody from uh, Muhammad Ali uh, to um, uh, Mayweather to Pacquiao to uh, Duran. To, right, and that's Bob Aaron. Uh, yeah, but yeah Bob, Bob, Bob Aaron's company. Yeah. Uh, been around, yeah, 50 years. Right. And... Um, so uh, so so with that, they, all of a sudden, well, you can't have fans, can't have sports. Right. So we're trying to figure out a way because one, you, you want fight fans to see fights, and they have contractual obligations to uh, not only the boxers but also to ESPN or sure. uh, and all that. So they happen upon the bubble, which means okay, well, let's how do we have fights because it's a you know the ring is a certain space by certain space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the least amount of people around right. them, right, in this, pandem- in this pandemic for financial right. exposure. So what they figured out, how do you go ahead and you put somebody in a bubble? So what happens is, uh, is and, and that goes for fighters, it goes for uh, trainers, it goes for um, uh, folks that are announcing the yeah, fight. Yeah, crew and everybody. For the crew and yeah. for everybody. For the, uh, So what happens is, is you go, and, and the MGM did a really phenomenal job, by the way. Mm-hmm. So they really kind of sectioned off a section of their vast property right. uh, and they set up a, a gym and they set up uh, a, a side gym that they can train and right. they side and up everybody stays in a certain section of hotel right. rooms and so, right. and and so yeah. basically there's a block of rooms like fighters are on one floor uh, officials are on another floor okay so what basically happens is hi I'm going in the bubble and you have your name and stuff and you go ahead and get tested and then you go up to the room and you sit in your room for about four hours until mm-hmm. the test comes back Right. if you're positive you go home Okay. If you're not positive, okay, then they'll escort you down to where everybody else is, where there's the food and you know, right, right. all that, all that sort of thing. And then you can't leave the bubble uh, because you leave the bubble, you're out. How okay. long are they in for the bubble? It is depends. It? Some of the ESPN guys were there, been there two a couple of weeks, months, right? Oh, really? Months. Wow. Uh, and so they get a little squirrely, but by the same token, is is they're, is they're making money. They're, they're, right. they're working, right? So, so it is what it is. Um, most people go in and out, you know, uh, a week at a sure, time. Like, right. It depends on how many fights. Because they just have to get retested. And, right. And yeah. so when you have the fights, you had fights uh, for a while there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so those folks were there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now it's like about every week. And so some people can kind of come in and come out. But they've done a really good job yeah. of uh, of that and keeping everybody safe. And it's also the, uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission, mm-hmm. uh, those officials. It's the, the referees. Yeah, it's, it's the timers. People, people don't realize how much is involved. Oh my in God! And, and how so, many people, right? Yeah, absolutely. So involved in that. It's not like, hey, you know, let's have a bar and yeah. put on a fight. And they're doing. Um, I think the ESPN is doing. They're doing weekly. Yeah. Right? So yeah. so now it's a week, and there's a one coming up uh, on Saturdays, which is a loaded card. And, oh, okay. and so yeah, it's not just you know. Yeah, you, do you guys. do you have a passion for boxing? Do you? Is that something you always like? Well, or? yeah. I mean, growing up in Las Vegas, of course, I, I think that you're yeah. a fight fan. Yeah, and, because we all we've, we've, yeah. so we've talked about that. There's all the fights were here. Oh, they, yeah, they were here. It was really the. Uh, all of that right. um, and so yes and, and so now I actually get to participate in it and actually awesome. uh, be with the the guys and so a lot of them you know uh, right uh, yeah. and that sort of thing so but yeah there's 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 some we're really gonna, um, and things part of what up. we talked about is we're going to bring uh, hopefully some of those people in so yeah so it's yeah we, when we talk, our guests what we talked <laughs> what we talked about is is yeah the intersection of you know, sports, science, art, uh, all that kind of in stuff. Vegas, in, in, right, in Vegas, yeah. is, you know, my my yeah. office, you know, of all things, it's just <laughs> kind of weird. But uh, but yeah, so uh, hopefully we'll go ahead and talk about not only talk about these folks. Hopefully, yeah. drag them in here, kicking and screaming, and uh, and hopefully let them 
loose about their their stories and their interactions. Yeah, that's, so. that's I mean, I can imagine. Especially like um, Bob, those guys have been around just forever. Right? Oh, well, you go to dinner with these guys and they have stories on top of stories. And it's not only it's not only him, but it's, it's the guy who, who come to dinner. Yeah, because uh, they've all been the, oh, that team's been there done together. That, yeah. And they'll, they'll tell you Sinatra. And they'll, they'll tell you stories about other guys. So yeah. they'll tell you Sinatra stories. And yeah. they'll tell you. Because they knew all the, all of, the Vegas. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah, all of these guys, which are old, old Vegas. Sure. And 98% of the stories are true. And, and <laughs> oh, yeah, I was, I was a busboy at Piero's uh, for a while. And one of my jobs which yeah. is a whole another story for another day um <laughs> but uh but yeah so and, and they bring those guys or it's just or the cousin that used to work at x right, and had, yeah, he's yeah. got a plenty of story so wherever wherever you go and especially after you know a couple of adult beverages and these guys start talking <laughs> it's hilarious yeah so um, we got we have a lot to cover so I'm, I'm excited like we have so much more coming up yeah um any last words on this no, episode? No, I think that I think we covered a lot of ground. Again, we can you know double back and go over any of these subjects yeah. in, in more depth. But uh, right now, kind of a Whitman sampler of everything. But there's so much more to come. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, stick around. It's going to be uh, quite the wild ride. And, and uh, again, can you let folks know how to how again to find your practice? Sure. So a couple of things, and we love questions. And and I was going to say if. Uh, you out there in podcast land want to hear about something, mm -hmm. by all means, uh, comment, uh, make some suggestions, uh, give us a, a call. We'll try to get it on yeah. for you. Um, uh, numbers and contacts is, is uh, of course, the website, which is uh, www.jjrothmd.com, jjrothmd.com. Uh, and then also our um, number, uh, old school telephone, is uh, 702-450. <laughs> yeah. 0777 uh, and uh, yeah by all means um, you know we, we like to listen we love questions there's no such thing as a awesome. silly question yeah and we have our social media pages along with Dr. Ross um, website so you can find us on Instagram Twitter um, Facebook and you have you have your own social media pages too yeah, absolutely. for the practice so. yeah. and we try to put some good information out there and if there's something you want to see on any of those social media stuff uh, let us know that too absolutely thanks you thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to talking with you next time. Sounds fantastic. Great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. For further information, please visit the podcast website link for Dr. Jeffrey Roth. See you next time.